This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Let's get it started. On Dubai I 103.8. Yeah, do welcome to the show every Tuesday from 10 till 11. We do this. This is Starting Up with Virtue Zone. It's live on Dubai I 103.8 uh, FM, and uh, we are encouraging you to have your say. We are here uh, to not only speak to those who've been there, done that when it comes to starting up, uh, industry experts who can bring us all the latest, but also uh, to give you advice. Maybe you have started up and you've hit a bit of a wall. Maybe you're thinking uh, of making the jump, making the leap and want some advice. Maybe you failed with your startup and want to start again. Uh, Well, we've got the team that can and the man that can for you this hour. Uh, We're going to be joined by Virtue Zone in just a few moments time. But today's big talker is about managing your finances on today's programme. We're going to get a lot of feedback about companies having cash flow problems uh, and struggling with late payments. People have been contacting us about that. It's an issue which causes not only financial headaches, but also affects the well-being of uh, well-meaning entrepreneurs. So how can you better manage the money and avoid making those major mistakes? We'll be speaking with finance and accounting expert Rehan Aleem, the founder and the managing partner at Alpha Pro Partners, who will be giving us practical tips in just a few moments time. And then later, uh, Gaurav Biswas, the CEO and the founder of Trucker, dubbed the Uber for trucks, will be joining us to talk about his company's growth and give his advice for new startups. Plus, get your questions in Company Clinic with Virtue Zone coming your way at the end of the hour. This is Starting Up with Virtue Zone through till 11. You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone on Dubai Eye 103.8. Welcome to the show. Uh, lots therefore to look forward to and lots for us to get uh, our head around. Uh, lots for us to uh, dive into. And the man that's going to be helping me with that uh, is, of course, the CEO of VirtuZone, Mr. Georges Hujej, who joins us live in studio. Georges, good to see you as always. All well? Good to see you, Tom. It's been a while, about a year since I haven't been in the studio, so it's good to be back. Welcome back. And you're looking as great as ever. Your natural surroundings, my friend. Yes, absolutely. As is tradition, we always kick off with a quick update from uh, All Things Virtue Zone. Every time Neil sits there, he talks about how busy it is, and we can sort of get it. We we see it with the news that we're reporting, but things still good down at Virtue Zone HQ? Things are amazing, Tom. Couldn't complain, to be honest with you. Just we were talking off air just before we started. I haven't seen Dubai like this since I've come here here around 16 years ago um, a lot of people coming into town a lot of people relocating here the the the, the 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 vibe is just is just incredible you know uh, this this economy here i've always said it throughout the shows that we've had is based on sentiment and the sentiment couldn't be better than it is at the moment so great news all around for both of us so question to you as an expert in this field um is this optimism uh, is this uh, uh, movement at the moment is that driven by people losing their jobs following their dreams setting up on their own or is this driven by people going you know what i'm sick of where i live i want to go to somewhere that's a little more forward thinking listen if you asked me this question a year ago i would uh, i would have told you that yes it's partly driven by people that were losing their jobs or closing down their businesses and they wanted to start something new or yeah. that needed visas for their family today it's absolutely different i mean the agility that dubai the, the agility with which dubai handled this and the infrastructure that's been built over the many over the many years that, that 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 have passed are now being used to their full potential. I mean, nowhere else in the world uh, has the crisis been handled the way it's been handled here, and a big part of that 
is thanks to the agility that the government has here to take decisions quickly and implement them. And people are seeing this. People want uh, the most agile system possible. They want the best infrastructure possible. Uh, the lifestyle here is just purely amazing when you look around at, at other possible options. Uh, so people are just flocking here. You know, most of Europe is still very much closed. Um, America's opening up, but you look at places like Canada. Canada is still very much closed. Um, and we still see crises all around, all around the world. So it's the, the place to be at the moment. And we're clearly seeing that and people are relocating here relocating their businesses here um, and the sentiments just through the roof so people are, are, are ready to open their businesses here well that is pretty much reflected by a lot of the stories that we see uh, day on day right here on the business breakfast uh, and in fact let us uh, turn our attention to some of those uh, stories now as we kick things off with well briefed the business stories you need to know this week uh, news this morning, the Dubai Multi-Commodities Centre, or DMCC as it's better known, has launched a new hub for businesses operating in the cryptographic and blockchain sectors. Uh, very active uh, in this particular area. The new facility has been rolled out in partnership with the Swiss-based CV Labs organisation behind the Swiss government backing Crypto Valley. Uh, Georgie, in terms of um, your reaction to this, I mean, great the fact that, again, forward thinking, flexibility, strategic place we spoke to a Bitcoin billionaire a little earlier on. He was talking about uh, Dubai being the hub for cryptocurrencies at the moment. Again, does this sort of feed into the interest that you're seeing? Absolutely. Listen, crypto is most definitely the interest of the hour at the moment. Every, you know, every, everyone around is talking about crypto and how to become a billionaire overnight. So there's, there's, you know, <laughs> Give there's, me that Lamborghini, there's, baby. Exactly. There's a huge, there's a huge interest in crypto. Um, DMCC have always been, uh, innovators. They've never been afraid to, to take the first leap in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, um, some of the innovations that they, they, they put in place. Uh, we know that historically they were, they were a, a gold, tra- gold trading uh, platform, if you want, or, or environment. Uh, so they have sort of experience in the trading in the trading environment. I would see them as the perfect the perfect free zone to be honest to start working on crypto. Let's not forget one thing. You hear a lot of news about crypto. You hear a lot of news about regulation of crypto and so on. We're still at the beginning of the road, right? So um, this is great news. This is opening the door to a lot of those foreign crypto investors and, and, and crypto entrepreneurs, if you want. But we still have a long way to go before there's a full legislation or before there's a full uh, infrastructure, if you want, for these companies to operate. But absolutely great news that um, at least... Uh, we're not in denial, right? The, the, this crypto thing is happening, and, and, and now there's a platform for it where, where it could uh, thrive and start being built, at least. Not to be said for early adopters. We've seen uh, the benefits of that. In fact, one of the guests that we had on the show a little earlier on, uh, Abdullah Abu Sheikh, the founder and the CEO of Rizek, early adopter to um, you know startups here in the region, developing apps. Um, he is one of the fastest-growing Abu Dhabi-based startups. First super app for on-demand home service in the country. It's revealed that uh, they've successfully raised $10 million in a round of Series A funding. Uh, as I said, we had Abdullah on the uh, show a little earlier on today and asked him what he's going to use the money for. There are two, two ways uh, for us to expand. We want to expand into our uh, service offering. So we want to offer more services to our users. And we want to offer our services in more places. So now our biggest expansion lines are Egypt and Saudi Arabia. Uh, where we're starting very soon to operate. 
And uh, this is where mainly we're going to use that money to fuel the expansion into those geographies and start offering more services into the existing geographies that we are in right now. Is that another point here, George? We know we talk a lot about the sort of boom here for startups, but what we're hearing now, and I'm sure you see it day to day, is those startups that have had success in Dubai, in Abu Dhabi, in the UAE, now looking further afield in the region for expansion plans. Well, that's what I was going to tell you, Tom. You ask any any established startup or any SME that's gone to a stage where it's an SME and it needs to go to the next stage of growth, and they'll tell you, you tell them, what, your, what are your expansion plans? What are you raising for? And they'll tell you Saudi Arabia and Egypt. It's normal. They're the two biggest markets. They're the two biggest Arab markets by far, uh, economies of scale. So if something works in an economy of 10 million people, then definitely you want to take it to an economy of 25 or 30 million people in Saudi and 80 or 90 million in, in Egypt. And it's a natural... Uh, it's a natural progression or natural way forward. Um, what I retain from the story is, again, raising money in the region is becoming easier and easier. A lot of money is flocking into the region. Mm-hmm. We are getting asked for, for investments uh, on, on a regular basis. Uh, we've invested in a few startups here, both as, as VirtuZone and as, uh, as uh, partners in VirtuZone. So definitely a lot of money uh, coming in and that money is being invested in these startups and that's that's just going to all snowball and make make the 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 the, the startup uh, the startup ecosystem even better and stronger and what what better model than hey Build it and, and build it, start it and build it in Dubai and then roll it out into Saudi, the GCC and the surrounding countries. On that point of finance as well, um, the money that you're seeing, the investment that you're coming from in times were that it was, uh, again, um, entrepreneurs, it was, uh, it, it, was, it was investment companies and investment individuals here based here in the region. Is that still the case? Are they sharing the lion's share? Are you seeing a lot of investment coming in from outside looking to get involved in startups here? Well, the venture capital industry in general has changed a lot in the last 10 years, uh, Tom. We, we, you know, there, there's so many VCs that are starting our VCs of venture capital, so so many VC funds that are starting up. Now, it's actually become an industry. It's become a yeah. thing. So many of my friends, what do you do? I'm a VCs. I mean, when we were growing up, there was not much people telling you, I work in VCs, or I have a VC, or I have this, or I have that. You, you'd be a banker, or you'd be a lawyer, or you'd be you know, an engineer, or something yeah. like that. Now, all these people are experts in investing, and experts in startups, and all PA, that. VC. Yeah, exactly. So it's become <laughs> a real industry because of all this creativity going around. And because of all this access to uh, to capital, which is funding these ideas for people to bring their ideas to life, to reality, so it's become a proper industry. So, so no, it's not it's not the big players anymore. Everybody now has a chance to invest into startups, and we're seeing a lot more entrepreneurs actually bringing their dreams to reality. Um, just finally, before we go to our first guest, uh, one other big piece of news this week: crowdfunding platform launched in Dubai to support young entrepreneurs and innovators. The Dubai Next platform uh, will help ambitious youth from diverse nationalities in Dubai to secure required funding to launch their projects. I mean, this was an announcement that came from up on high as well, again, giving an indication uh, of just how important this sort of field is for yeah, the leaders. This was an initiative uh, initiative sponsored by Sheikh Hamdan, um, Faza, and, and you know, this just is another example of everybody now has access to funds. So, so you as a small, you, anybody that's a small investor can come in and put a small ticket in. If you have $10,000 to invest, you can invest it $10,000, whereas before, in a traditional way of investing, you need a half a million dollar ticket or something like that, which not everybody has, let's face it. So this platform is, is, is and I, I see more of these platforms coming up, and I think this is the future of investing, is if, you know, if 
Tom has a $5,000 uh, saving that he'd like to invest into a startup or a $10,000 saving, well, he can use platforms like this to invest it in, you know what, in a mom and pop shop that sells popcorn. It doesn't have to be in the latest tech, uh, tech uh, industry, uh, you know, whiz kid, or it doesn't have to be in, in, in the greatest new idea. It, if it's a sound business and Tom's interested in it, that business can have access to funding through Tom's direct investment through small tokens or small tickets, as they call them, um, rather than having to go through a VC or a PE or a private equity or mm. one, of the, one of those big boys. So, Again, to answer your question, yes, it's becoming easier and easier to have access to funding and money. It's interesting, George, because that leads us nicely on to our, our first guest of the day, because coming up in a few moments' time, we're going to get some expert advice. Loads of questions coming in about finance. With that $5,000 that Tom's given to the popcorn industry, uh, what do you do with that five grand? Do you put it into marketing? Do you put it elsewhere? We will give you uh, the keys and the tools to do exactly that in just a few moments' time. You're listening to Starting Up with Virtues more to come on starting up with tom urquhart and virtue zone on dubai i 103.8 let's turn attention to our first guest Uh, looking forward to this one because uh, we've uh, been bombarded uh, by a number of uh, listeners getting in touch with the show saying um, all good and well hearing these great stories of people that have had success starting up and got their uh, ideas off the ground but what about some practical help uh, what do we do with the cash let's talk money finance and accounting issues are a major source of concern for many SMEs and startups in fact a recent study out of the UK from accounting software provider uh, Xero found 44% of small business owners said that late payments have affected their mental health. 43% uh, had sleepless nights worrying about cash flow. 29% would be more productive if they weren't worried about finances. Uh, Rayhan Alim is the founder and the managing partner at Alpha Pro Partners, a tech-focused accounting firm set up to support SMEs. He now kindly joins us on the line and also happy to say live via Microsoft Teams. Good morning to you, Rayhan. Morning, Tom. How are you doing? Yeah, we're really good and really appreciate this one because, as I said, this one comes by popular demand from a number of our viewers and listeners. So uh, let's start with the basics, if we can, um, because I know it's a very difficult one to answer without uh, the details of specific startups and scale and size, etc. But what's your, your basic sound financial and accounting advice for someone who is at that stage, that stage of taking the big leap about starting up their own business? I mean, I would say, look, um, you want to get your basic business model right. And the way you do that is by preparing a, a 12 to 24 month forecast. And this forecast, you obviously update every month. And it's used for lots of different things. But more specifically, this forecast, you can then work out what your margins are. Because, you know, you, when you're selling a product or service, you want to make sure that you're covering all of your overheads and you're making the profit. And as on top of that, it will give you the opportunity to know your burn rate. And that's very, very important for a startup because you put your, you know, your life savings or you, know, you put uh, the money that you've saved over the years into this business. You want to see how long that lasts you. Um, and that's, that's very important for you to make decisions before you know, things get to the, go to the last minute. But look, I've come across many businesses who have done very well. Um, you know, not everyone has the opportunity to start a business. So I'd say, look, you know, once you've got your forecast in place and you've got the right business model, you know, have that leap of faith and enjoy the journey. Rehan, I, I get this. I get asked this question many times, and I have my own opinion on it. But I like to know your opinion. Um, how how long a runway do you think that a startup should have in terms of funding uh, for its uh, founder 
to say, okay, I have enough money now to uh, to start the business? It, it all very depends on what type of business it is. You know, some businesses are very capital intensive and, you know, sometimes you may have a client where, you know, they pay you after three months or six months, so you need a higher uh, a higher uh, cash uh, cash balance uh, for your business. Some businesses, you know, you can sell, buy and sell a few products and you, you make that cash straight away and you can reinvest into the business. So it's very dependent on the type of business you are. You know, the key things you want to take into consideration is, you know, how long are you likely to get paid from your customers? How long does that take? What are your startup costs? You know, what are your overheads? You know, if when you take these three things into consideration, that will then help you understand how much cash you need for your business before you start. Obviously, once you once you've started your business, there are lots of different other opportunities to raise cash. You know, that you've got credit facilities, you've got loans. Um, you, you may want to take equity investment uh, later on down the line once you've you know you've you've got a business model that works. So it's 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 not. I wouldn't say there's a hard and fast rule. I'd say you need to understand your circumstances and plan ahead. Excellent. And in terms of loans, in terms of you're talking about loans and, and funding for SMEs, we are, for example, uh, especially for startups, we're seeing a lot of challenges when it comes still to uh, banking and financing and uh, loans for SMEs. Are you seeing the same thing from your side? Uh, I mean, look, obviously for SMEs, wherever you are, whether you're, you know, whether you're in the UK, you know, whether you're, you're, you're in Saudi, you know, we've got clients in those markets and it's, 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 for SMEs, it's very difficult to raise raise funds. Um, but, you know, if you're doing certain things like, you know, in, in the UAE more specifically, you know, if you wanted to go for invoice financing um, or credit facilities, you know, you'd need to make sure you have your books in place um, and make sure you've, you, you know, you've got an audited set of accounts. It's very difficult. It's not impossible. Um, and, you know, companies will assess your business model. You know, if you've got good, uh, strong uh, track record of, of business, you've got good founders, you know, and, and, and you, you've got some good numbers to back that up. Um, you know, it is possible to get funding, but you're right, you know, it's not, it's not easy, uh, but it's not impossible. And you bring up a good point there, Rehan, and, and, and Tom, that's a very important point. A lot, of these, a lot of these founders, a lot of these startups tend to not be very meticulous with their bookkeeping. Mm. Bookkeeping is basically your DNA. So when you go to banks, when you go to investors, when you go to partners, when you go to to any any business uh, ventures, they will ask for your books, your books, your financial statements. These are basically your track record, your history. These are, uh, if you want, your photo album, whatever you want to call it, your medical record uh, as a person. They are basically your DNA of what you've done in the past few months or few years, and you need to keep those very straight and very well maintained. Well, I wanted to put that question to Rayhan, if I can. It's a nice little lead in because uh, I wanted to ask you, Rayhan, I mean, given your experience, given your global experience as well, what are the sort of mistakes you see from startups here? And is that one of them? You might go into an idea having all the energy, the vision, the verve, the marketing that any great founder needs to get their idea off the ground, but you might not be the best bookkeeper in the world. Is it important to keep those into mind? It's, it's very, very important. And, you know, nowadays there's so many different softwares and apps available to make that process easy. Um, you know, as you mentioned in the beginning, there was a report by Zero. We, we specialize in the Zero accounting software. I actually have entrepreneurs who, clients who are entrepreneurs who can, you know, do the bookkeeping keeping themselves without even needing an accountant. Um, you know, bookkeeping is very, very important from the beginning. And sometimes entrepreneurs, they neglect it because it's, you know, the weak point. Uh, and sometimes they neglect it because it's not the high. They believe it's not their highest priority because you know they need to 
you know, sign contracts, you know, deliver on uh, services that they have, and they leave it right to, to the end. And that's a big problem because if you don't keep your accounting records, if you don't have the discipline of keeping your accounting records from the beginning, what will happen is, you know, we have instances where we give queries to our clients and they don't know what they spent, you know, a month ago. <laughs> so, you know, you may have spent money uh, from your bank account or you may have received money, you don't know who it's for, and you, you're then not going to have accurate books. And these books are your basic data that you want to then create reports on, which will then give you better information to make decisions. Um, you know, sometimes you may want to decide not to do business with certain customers. How are you going to know which ones to, to not do business with them because your books are not maintained correctly? You know, sometimes you might be spending money in on, on a certain um, service or item and it should never have been spent in the first place. And you're not going to know that unless you've, you know, you're keeping, you know, accurate and uh, timely books uh, in place. Yeah. Um, so it's super, super important. And look, you know, a lot of people find it very difficult to understand finance and bookkeeping, but these cloud apps, they make it so simple. You know, you've got some apps where they use optical character recognition, where they scan your receipts and invoices into the system so you don't have to t put it in yourself. You know, there are other, uh, you know, things where, you know, you can have direct feeds of from your bank account into your accounting software. So you don't have to upload your bank statements to, to, to do your bank reconciliation. And a lot of things are very easy mm -hmm. to do. You know, we can train up people within a few hours in terms of how to use a system and how to how to get the basic accounting uh, done for themselves. It's good news. It's great advice. And that's why we got you on the uh, uh, on the line, Rayhan. Really appreciate your time this morning. Running out of time, or have run out of time on this occasion. But I'm assuming from what you're just saying there that things have been okay for you. There is much demand for your services, Rayhan, correct? Yeah, so we've, we've been quite fortunate enough to, um, you know, to, to grow our business during the last year or so. Um, mainly because you know we have a very strong emphasis on customer service but we've also pivoted our business last year where pre previously we would just do the monthly accounts but we decided to go a little bit more deeper and so what we've done is you know we've helped our clients you know give them their weekly uh, the books on a weekly basis so they can see what money's owed to them so they can take action on that yeah um and that's very important from us yes you know we haven't been able to raise our fees as a, as, a, as a result but you know for us it's more about helping our clients and helping them you know, achieve their goals as, as business owners. Out of time on this occasion, Rayhan, we could talk for a lot longer, but really appreciate the time, uh, really appreciate the advice. We thank you so much indeed. Cheers, fellow, for joining us. That's uh, Rayhan Aleem, who's the founder and the managing partner at Alpha Pro Partners, a tech-focused accounting firm uh, set up to support SMEs. Startup Spotlight. Time now for us to dive into today's Startup Spotlight company, and it is none other than trucker who've had an incredible growth since launching back in 2016 in just its first two years it achieved 11 thousand percent growth that's right eleven thousand percent growth today it's rapidly grown to become the largest digital freight network in the MENA region here's Catherine Cunningham trucker is described as the uber for trucks it connects consumers and businesses with transporters providing instant bookings and real-time updates through its app with a fleet of more than 30,000 trucks, it services 550 businesses and thousands of retail clients daily, providing a range of services from home relocations to port movements. To date, the company has raised $44.4 million in funding and continues to go from strength to strength. 
Well, uh, a company that goes from strength to strength uh, from its launch in 2016 needs uh, a strong leader. Uh, and that man, that visionary, is the founder and the CEO of Trucker, uh, Gaurav Biswas, who kindly joins us live on the line, but also live via Microsoft Teams. Uh, Gaurav, good morning to you. Good morning, Tom. Pleasure to be here. Uh, look, um, here we are talking all things startup. I'm conscious of the fact that, you know, it's been, what, five, almost six years now since you made the uh, leap into the unknown. Take us back to that moment, if you can, uh, when you were starting the company, when you were fundamentally the startup, and uh, uh, why you did it. Where did the idea come from? Sure, sure. Uh, actually, it's been just over 40 years, I think, 40 years and five months, to be honest. And uh, and thanks to Dubai Eye, I was on the show when I was two months old as a, as a business, uh, talking to Malcolm and Brendy in early 2017. Um, so, so Trucker started actually on a dinner table. It was uh, it was born out of identifying a specific uh, real real life problem. Uh, you know, a, f- a friend of mine was having problems in moving his cargo uh, with trucks, and I used to travel a lot of lot in those days and use Uber across the world. And I just you know candidly said, hey, there should be an Uber for trucks. Uh, somehow that stayed with me. And then, uh, you know, two months from that uh, dinner night, me and my childhood buddy, Pradeep, uh, we created a trucker. And, uh, and then, you know, the world has been very kind. We've been working very hard. And, uh, you know, the last four and a half years have been uh, super exciting. I know that some people might say that it's uncouth for us to talk money so quickly. But if you don't mind us talking money, because obviously making that leap when you did um, uh, all those years ago, um you used your own funds to start the business, and that takes a big commitment for, for individuals. How much did you choose to invest from the beginning? And, and do you advise others to do the same with the, uh, the hindsight that you now have? Or is it more advisable to find funds from elsewhere? Um, to be honest, uh, you know, uh, it is probably uh, imperative that, you know, that any startup founder or co-founders, I think, have to invest themselves and when you invest yourself it's your money your time and your intelligence uh, you know that you have to invest in it so if, if you if i'm an investor i will never invest into somebody's idea if that person himself uh, is not invested and you know committed into the idea himself right so i think yes that's where we when we started trucker we did have a vision of getting into uh, uh, the the b2b space and creating a very large business which required you know uh, external funding but we had a, you know, a roadmap saying, hey, listen, we're going to achieve up to this stage uh, and we must have our own money to invest to that stage. And uh, luckily, you know, we had successful backgrounds and uh, we could invest that. So, yes, I think your ability and your conviction actually uh, is completely different when you're like, hey, listen, I, I have a great idea, but I don't want to invest my money into it. Uh, so, so that's versus you have a great idea and you're going to invest everything. You're going to go all in. I think that's, these are two very different kind of uh, ways that founders probably look at uh, the ideas. Yeah, I agree with Gaurav uh, on that, um, Tom. I mean, Gaurav, first of all, congratulations. You, you've built yourself a great business, one of the stars in, in the region at the moment. We've actually included you in our Rainmakers list. Uh, I don't know if you've, saw, you've seen that, where we've included the top uh, founders, the top, uh, the top uh, funders, and the top uh, enablers. Uh, you should uh, check it out or get in touch with me. I'll, I'll share a copy with you. Um, sure. Uh, the, you, Tom brings up a good point about about funding. Where do you start the funding? Do you start by funding uh, from your pocket, or do you start from funding, you know, to, through other people? And there's two very important things, uh, in my opinion, when you're starting a business, Tom. And if you want to get funding later down the road, the first one is to have 
an idea or th- that your idea must solve a problem. You talk to any venture capital uh, capitalist, you talk to any private equity, you talk to any um, uh, professional investor. The first question he's going to ask a fund uh, founder, sorry, is what problem are you solving? So why did you create this business? Um, there, what, I, what problem have you identified that this business is going to solve? That's very, 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 very important to investors. And the second thing he's going to say is, okay, how much stake do you have? In the, how much skin do you have in the game? Mm-hmm. Because nobody wants to invest in a founder that can just, you know what, this didn't work out. He could just shut the door and leave tomorrow morning. People want founders to have skin in the game. They want them to have in, put everything on the line so they have no choice but to make it work. And um, founders very often start by getting funding from their savings as as a first priority and then friends and family as a second. That's a very typical, typical roadmap that we see with the, most of the startups. But the question, I suppose, um, and Gaurav, is, is what you do with it. If you're lucky enough um, to get the funding or have the funding initially and that encourages others to invest into to what is a great idea like yours, is it imperative that you manage those finances accordingly? Is that advice you would give to other startups? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, you need to every, there's no two, uh, you know, ventures that are uh, equal to each other and every venture will have its own dynamics. I, I was listening to the earlier uh, chat where, you know, some businesses are extremely capital intensive while others might be more into creating an IP in the beginning. So it depends on what venture you're working on. You definitely need to have a roadmap. And, and we had the same. I and Pradeep were like, hey, listen, we're going to go into this maybe to five, six hundred thousand dollars, uh, you know, after which we'll have to, you know, take a call and maybe go back to our past lives. Uh, you know, good that we, we didn't have to reach that point and we were able to, you know, convince external smart money to come and, uh, you know, join the journey. But I think this is different for every business. You will definitely don't want to be, you know, if you're, if you're putting in your own savings, then you need to be very judicious about it. There's a, you know, cliche about, you know, bootstrap startups. I think that's very, very real, even when you're a mature startup. I think just because you raise invested money uh, does not give you the right to, to burn that money. I think every uh, investor is, uh, investing in your business for a strategic reason to you know fund the growth market share and future profitability at the end of the day you know this these are businesses so even when you're starting that should be the same thing like hey listen this is my timeline this you know milestone is what will help me raise professional money and do i have the you know means to get to that milestone Gaurav, a lot of people look at uh, fundraising and look at the numbers that that are out there and say and don't understand. For example, you know, you, you, let's say today you've raised a trucker forty four million dollars, right? A lot of people will look at and say, I'm not sure if that's the right figure, but I, I believe it's forty four million dollars. A lot of people will turn around and say, Well, you know, what did you do with forty four million dollars? What? How do you explain to people who are hearing this um, what? this uh, money serves for or where this money takes your company or how it's invested? Or can you explain to the listeners uh, when you hear that a company has raised 50 million or 100 million or 200 million, whatever it is, what happens to that money? Sure. I think uh, one of the most important things, uh, you know, that we're talking about technology-based ventures, right? We're not using the $40 million and, and creating a real estate company, right? So the, these, these businesses have a completely different uh, you know, success factor, which is which is scale, which is market share. So when I when I uh, uh, was on uh, Dubai Eye in Business Breakfast in early 2017, Trucker was two months old and was doing about eight to ten trucks a day, and was only in the B2C segment, which was you know moving homes and moving some items and all of those things. Today, you know, uh, about four years later, we're doing average of about 1,100 trucks per day, you know, plus across wow. five countries and uh, 18, 18 loca- locations. And that's what, you know, this kind of funding does, right? So 
Uh, and that, that's just one metric. You know, today we're moving everything from somebody's house to to the biggest petrochemical producer uh, and the biggest uh, steel manufacturer. All of this cargo is moving on our trucks. And that, and four years is a very short period of time if you compare that with a traditional, you know, land freight company that would have grown, you know, 10, 20 years back. How many trucks now, Gaurav? So we do about 1,100 trucks a day uh, wow. across all of our markets. We're in five countries now. And were you affected at all by the pandemic? I mean, obviously, uh, an obvious question, but did it affect business? Uh, it did for uh, the second quarter, which I call uh, the second quarter of 2020 as the panic quarter. I think, uh, you know, the Middle East and parts of, you know, North Africa, we had our panic quarter in Q2 2020 uh, when, you know, companies shut down. Drivers were extremely nervous about going to work. And, and it, I think it was a fear of unknown. Uh, but then, you know, I would say our July 2020 revenues were higher than our March 2020 revenues. So we had a very uh, typical V-shaped recovery and then, you know, back on the growth path. So as supply chain, I think we had a very real-world business. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you can't avoid not having a house. You can't avoid not wearing clothes. Similarly, you can't avoid not moving cargo. You know, you can avoid going to a meeting and do this fantastic Microsoft Teams, but you know, you still have to move your move your cargo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, given it's a very fundamental sector, and and then pretty much you know that powers most of the economies and most things that we use have been on a truck at some point uh, in their lives. Uh, so our industry has is quite lucky. I think uh, supply chain, shipping, uh, logistics overall, I think has. Uh, done very well over the last year and a half. Gareth, this is an unfair question to put to a founder and a CEO, but I'm going to do it anyway because you're there for us. Um, it, it, the growth, the extraordinary growth that you've just spoken of and given a rise to there um, a moment ago. And going back to, to George's point a little earlier on about, you know, you did one of the fundamentals, which is you identified a gap in the market that needed filling. You found that niche and you made it your own as well. Um, is it therefore a question of right place, right time when it comes to incredible growth over the past few years? Or do you attribute it to you, your partner, the team's work and the way that you've gone about it? What what, what makes the growth? Um, I think two things. I think, uh, you know, two primary things. There are many reasons that create growth and I think it will be a long list of things. But the two primary things I would say is that you must have a product or a service that is required, right? I think it's not every day that some, you know, somebody like Steve Jobs creates an iPad which the world never needed, and then he makes the world need an iPad. I think that that's that's very, you know, uh, rare. But I think most of the times we need to create a product or a service that is adding value either financially or by convenience or by both. So so that's required, right? So you want something that people would pay money for. And the second is you need to then have the team that then buys into the vision that, hey, listen, this is not something that I want to be able to buy in Abu Dhabi. No, I want to be across a larger market, and this is how I need to think. And, you know, there are parts of our teams that are thinking about what truckers should be doing 24 months from now, markets that truckers should be, you know, getting into, you know, next year and year after. So, and there are parts of our teams that, hey, what is right today? What problems are we, you know, solving today? Are we are we missing to address the same problems that we solved two years back? Are, are they not, you know, are we not consistent? So there's a lot of things, and this is all people-driven. So I think people are supremely important, you, and you want to uh, not add people to your team uh, when you need them. I think you need to keep on looking for good people and just keep adding them when you find them. Yeah. Gaurav, listen, we wish you all the best for the future. Cheeky last question from me. Given the growth over the last couple of years, what's in the pipeline? Public listing for you? 
And that's definitely one of the options. Um, I think uh, we are still very young as a company. You know, we'll be five years old in a few months. I think it's a bit premature for us to think of, uh, you know, which way the company would uh, would evolve into. But yeah, public listing is definitely a very, very, very strong option. Listen, just keep what you're doing so well at the moment. Um, uh, really appreciate your time this moment. I know you're a busy, busy guy as well, keeping all those trucks on the road, keeping them trucking out there with Trucker. But Gaurav, again, from myself and George down here, I'm sure you say, sh- shared the sentiment, George. Uh, congratulations on the extraordinary success for you and Trucker, and we we'll definitely hope to talk again right here on Dubai Eye in another four years' time, yeah? Absolutely. Thank very you. well done. Very well done to you and the team, Gaurav. Well done. Uh, Gaurav Biswas there, founder and CEO of Trucker joining us live on Microsoft Teams and methinks that it's not going to be four years until we talk to him again uh, right here on the show, given the extraordinary numbers that they are reporting at the moment. Uh, We will turn our attention to your questions, comments and more next. Company Clinic. Yeah, we're in studio uh, with George Ajay. George is the CEO of Virtue Zone. Uh, they are the title sponsors of starting up from 10 until 11 each and every Tuesday right here on Dubai I-103.8. Uh, some great guests uh, that we've had this morning. A uh, big thanks to uh, all the team uh, from uh, Trucker, who we've just been speaking to. That's prompted a couple of questions uh, from a few of our listeners. Gaurav Bezwaz was our guest, the founder and the CEO of Trucker. And uh, not Everyone agreeing there, George. Someone uh, texted again saying, not great advice. Uh, think about the Cream founders. They didn't put a penny into their business. So many other examples out there. I suppose, you know, there is no one rule that fits all, is there? There's no boilerplate, really. But yeah. I think the question, the question was, uh, how do you start your funding? And it's, un, it's undoubtedly the case that anytime you're going to start something, it's either going to be your own money And we're talking very early stages here. We're not talking the first 10 million. We're talking about the first $100,000. There's no investor that's going to come. Oh, very rarely, very, very rarely an investor is going to come and say, Tom, you're a brilliant guy. I know you're going to make us billions. Here's $100,000. Just go do whatever you want with it. No, you're going to put in sweat equity. You're going to put in a bit of uh, cash. You're going to put in a bit of mom or dad's cash or your brothers or cousins or friends or whatever it is. You need that that just at least that that, that first few thousand dollars to, to get started. Now, further down the line, when you're talking about 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 uh, big amounts, you're talking about millions. Then, of course, you're going to go you're going to go and get that funding. But uh, at any given point, a founder will have to put something in. If it's not if it's not in cash, it'll be in sweat equity, uh, or else I see it very. I see it as being very very difficult to succeed. It just surely it just sends the right message to would-be investors. If you're looking for seed investors, etc., if you're looking for angel, etc., um, they want to see that you've got a bit of skin in the game. Otherwise, they're like, where's the trust come from? Of course. Where's the trust and wh- wh- what are the risks? You know, what if this guy gets a job tomorrow and he, he likes it more than here and he goes somewhere else. I mean, this doesn't make sense. So, no, definitely, uh, you know, I respectfully uh, acknowledge the, 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 the listener's uh, comment, but definitely as a founder, you always have to put something in. Okay, final question from me to you, George, and just a quick reminder that uh, if, you've got, if you'd like any further advice, continue straight after the show with the team at Virtue Zone online. Uh, Christian and the rest of the marketing team answering your questions at Virtue Zone, hashtag starting up with Virtue Zone. Get yourself on Insta, uh, Facebook, uh, and of course Twitter, and find out how to hashtag be your own boss. Um, taking inspiration there from Gaurav in terms of uh, the fact that it doesn't have to be Silicon Valley. It doesn't have to be uh, Apple. It doesn't have to be uh, the, 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 the most slick adventure in the world. You can, you, can, you can start up in any 
Absolutely. And you know, that's one, one mistake that a lot of people do is how many times have you sat with your friends and said, hmm, let's think about an idea yeah. where we can make millions. Yeah. You know, and that, that's, that's just typical. And it's normal. You know, you're, you're having, you have a big smile on your face. I mean, I've done it. I've done it as well. I'm guilty. Um, you look at the two biggest exits we've had in the region here at Kareem and Souk, for example. Kareem and Souk are, did not reinvent the wheel. Kareem and Souk addressed a problem that uh, existed uh, everywhere in the world that you know, another company before Kareem had addressed as well, but there was space for more than one company, so they addressed it and they've they improved on what the other company was doing without naming it mm. Uber, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so they've improved on Uber's services in the region, and they made they made they made the, the solution here more much more adapted to the region, and they did the biggest exit in the history of of, of, of the of the city. Yeah. Um, Souk, uh, you know, Ronaldo back in the days thought that Amazon was a great concept and thought that hey, there is Amazon does not operate in the Middle East. Uh, okay, well, I, we, there's, that's a problem that we need to address, so let me start Souk, and that's how it happened. Mm. So, so, no, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Uh, you do have to address a problem. That's always, that's always better than just coming at an idea out of left field. Yeah. Um, and the biggest exits, again, are concepts that were already invented before, but they were refined and, and, and adapted to markets. Uh, if you uh, would like more interaction, then feel free to do so. This conversation continues uh, offline or online, I should say, straight after the show. And at Virtue Zone, hashtag starting up with Virtue Zone. Uh, George, it's been an absolute pleasure. Good to catch up with you, my friend. Thank you so much indeed. Uh, all the best to the Virtue Zone team. And hopefully see you or one of their other team this time next week. Thank you, Tom. It's been great to be back and I uh, hope to see you soon. Uh, that's it for another edition of Starting Up with Virtue Zone. We'll be back next Tuesday from 10am in the morning. In the meantime, you can find more uh, online straight after the show. And remember, hashtag be your own boss. <laughs> 